if you take, you know, a child and you meet them where they're already at, you get a good assessment of what they're doing, what they're capable of. And then you put the right project in front of them and you allow their creative side to come out. And, uh, you know, without all the restrictions um, that say math had, you know, it's either right or wrong or whatever, yeah, right. you know, it's like, here we go. Let's, let's, you know, what can you do? What can, you know, where does creativity um, come from within you? You know, mm. what's your life about? What's your story about? What do you want to share to the audience? Who's going to look at this work? And uh, it's funny because next thing you know, these kids just open up yeah. and you see a completely different side of them. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to Shifting Our Schools, and I think that opening sums up our conversation today. This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 84 that I've titled 3D Animation in the Art Classroom. And we have a great conversation with Dan for you today, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Also, just know this is the last week of May that this podcast is coming out, and man, where does the time fly? I can't believe we're at the end of May already. Those third graders are now almost fourth graders. Those sixth graders are acting more like seventh graders, and the seniors are ready to go out into the world I encourage you to take some time this week and reflect on the growth of your students this year. Take some time this week to step back and think of each one of your students. Think of them individually and the growth they have made because of you. And yes, that growth is because of you. Thank you for being an educator and thank you for continuing your own professional growth by tuning in and listening and learning with me here at Shifting Our Schools. I really do appreciate you uh, listening and learning. There's so many great ways to learn today. I podcast because I get to have great conversations like the one today with Dan. This is my professional development. It's such a great way to learn. Please do share with other teachers who you think might benefit from this type of learning as well. This week, I had a great conversation with Dan He's an airplane pilot turned math teacher turned art teacher. A great story of his journey into education and how he's teaching 3D animation as part of his art curriculum. Some really great nuggets to think about in this one. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed recording it. And with that, on with the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. So great to have you back in another exit conversation with the cadre I got to spend a year with in Enumclaw learning together this year in a blended format. So so excited to have Dan here today. How are you doing, Dan? Fresh doing off of school. <laughs> That's right. If he starts yawning, he's drinking coffee because it's three <laughs> o'clock. What kids got out, what, 10 minutes ago or something? That's so. right. I've been running around here. I might be a little yeah. winded. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate you taking time to, to have a conversation with us today um, as we just talk, uh, talk about and reflect on your year of professional development and just things you're trying in your classroom. So uh, to get us started, go ahead and just uh, introduce yourself. Uh, what was your journey into education? Why did you decide to become a teacher? Okay, very good. Yeah, you know, I uh, started off first going to school at WSU, Washington University. One of the and, best in the state. Yeah. Uh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> um, and I was in hotel and restaurant administration. in the business school there. And uh, during this, my first summer, I went and coached at Northwest soccer camps and fell in love with working with kids, you know, and 
came back to WSU and checked out their education department and jumped in full tilt. You know? cool. Yeah, so I got my teaching degree and then I uh, <clears throat> K-8 and then came back to Enumclaw actually. Started doing my, uh, all my teaching for about four years, working right in the school that I actually went through wow, cool. as a kid, which was very cool. Very cool. And, uh, and then I decided to change careers before I got too old and, and make sure teaching was exactly what I wanted to do. But I also love flying airplanes. Oh, so awesome. I thought I'd take a quick shift and see what that was like. So I uh, went to flight school and I flew for four years, worked for Continental Express Airlines. Wow, and 9-11 hit. That. I love that. I know. Is it crazy? It's so cool. Yeah. So I was out there and then uh, working out of Houston. Huh. But then 9-11 hit and, you know, obviously they laid off all the pilots and everything yeah. else. And so they said it wouldn't be, you know, three years before they'd call us back. So my teaching certificate was still good. I thought, oh, good. You know, I can go back to teaching and again, kind of check it, make sure that's, you know, what I want to do. And so I went back um, to Enumclaw. And I said, hey, you guys got any openings? Yeah. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> the wow. door opened wide open. And I came right into a math science position at Thunder Mountain Middle School and uh, realized all over again why I loved working with kids. Yeah. You know? So I've been here ever since. And so any thoughts of going back into the pilot stuff? or? Um, you know, I keep getting uh, notices in the mail that they're increasing salaries, yeah. and <laughs> giving all these options. And, you know, it gets tempting. But, um, you know, I... I realized, you know, I love flying because I always love going on cross-country flights and taking off in one place and landing in another. Yeah. And just, it was awesome. And uh, I've kind of realized with working with kids now that each one of them is kind of like a cross-country flight, oh, very you cool. know. And uh, now I have kids getting married and, you know, going on to their weddings and yeah. just thinking, wow, that was 15 years ago I was around that kid. Yeah, yeah. And so, crazy? yeah, it's a life journey now. So yeah. I, I love it. That's awesome. Having that opportunity to meet kids and work with them. Awesome. So what are you teaching this year then? So this year I actually had changed. I went from teaching math uh, to teaching art. Okay. And so, yeah. So my family's a big art family. My mom's an art teacher. My brother does graphic design. He's got his own business. My sister's done all kinds of stuff. And I have too, but I never really had an opportunity to get out and do something with it. And so we had a position open where a guy that's been doing it forever retired. And yeah. I thought, I'm going to jump into that. Very cool. And, uh, it's worked out really nice, brought back a lot of creative side good. of me. You know, and it's a good change, you know, especially I think mm -hmm. coming from the math science field, you know, into something more on the artsy side is a good, just, I'm sure equilibrium for the brain, you know, trying to, oh, yeah. those two worlds and the experiences that you bring are just fantastic. It's pretty neat. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your, your art classroom then. How do you run your art classroom? What's kind of your philosophy around art education these okay. days? What's that look like? <clears throat> so, you know, the way I look at, you know, teaching art is that it's, it's so individual. You know, yeah. kids, I can present an idea or concept to them, but each one of them is going to kind of take it in their own journey. And uh, so I've been really excited with, you know, the whole project-based and problem-based learning kind of push that's been going on because um, really if you take, you know, a child and you meet them where they're already at, yeah. you get a good assessment of what they're doing, what they're capable of. And then you put the right project in front of them and you allow their creative side to come out and, uh, you know, without all the restrictions um, that say math had, you know, it's either right or wrong or whatever, yeah, right. you know, it's like, here we go. Let's, let's, you know, what can you do? What can, you know, where does creativity um, come from within you? You know, mm. what's your life about? What's your story about? What do you want to share to the audience who's going to look at this work? And uh, it's funny because next thing you know, these kids just open up. 
and you see a completely different side of them. And it's, um, it's a lot of fun. So in my classroom, I have it as a real nice, you know, an open environment. Um, we have six, seventh and eighth graders all in one class. Okay. That's so cool. yeah, you have to build that atmosphere where, you know, they're able to work together and, and, uh, um, be able to not be afraid, you yeah. know, to work around each other and get ideas off each other and have it as a, a safe place for them, which is um, awesome because when, when it's like that, it's like, there's no age gap. There's yeah. no grade gap. It's just, they're all learning off of each other's ideas and that's cool. getting excited all the same. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, how much do you do in the art classroom between like digital art and still paintbrushes and physical, physical artwork. Is there a balance that you try to keep or what does that look like in your room? Yeah, right now we have trimesters. So we have three trimesters okay. and the first two trimesters, um, like the first trimester I'll do just the principles and elements of art. So it's real kind of basic, the roots of all art works throughout history. And then kind of develop into more of a historical approach. You know, what happened in the past and how did different people look at art and, and, you know, where has it gone to now as contemporary yeah. artists? And that's those first two trimesters are all, you know, pencil, paper. Mm -hmm. It's practicing techniques with paints, with printmaking, with. And then the third trimester, we've been uh, diving into digital art. And I've been taking them kind of on a journey, which I'll probably talk about later, which is uh, a lot of 3D animation. Oh, cool. And basically hitting them right where, you know, they're seeing a lot of the artwork coming out into the theaters. Right. And giving them a chance to kind of experience it and see what it's about. And, and uh, it's, it's taking them down that 3D pipeline that is giving them a pretty cool yeah. opportunity to learn some neat things. So. That's cool. Are they, are they starting to realize how hard it is to make these 3D <laughs> animation? I mean, Disney makes it look so easy, right? Oh, yeah. And then these it, kids are like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great because there's a quote that, you know, the... Uh, I think it's the president of Pixar, one of the developers of Pixar, whatever. He says, you know, the next Pixar is going to come from a bunch of guys in a garage using yeah. Blender, yeah. You know, putting together these motion pictures. And, and uh, it's neat because the kids, I give them just, you know, bite-sized pieces, but enough to whet their appetite. And next thing you know, they just start going off on a tangent, you yeah. know. And, you know, when you give them that opportunity and they see it first, like, oh, my gosh, this is like – really intense looking and it's so many things happening in it and you just you know i started off with just letting them explore it yeah and it took that edge off yeah and all of a sudden it was oh this isn't that bad and yeah. then they started creating things and now they're at a point where they're you know they're really excited to do their own projects yeah. you know where it goes from everything from just basic model building to actually animating yeah, cool. So, so why don't exciting. you uh, dive in a little bit and talk about some of that, some of those units or things that you have, uh, you've kind of structured around this and you're using Blender, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, if, I'm, if I remember right, it's the open source program, correct? Yep. yep. Yeah. So it's easy. Works great on the Chromebooks. You're not well, any issues or that's it right there. It's uh, so we're at a, we have a computer lab okay. and we have to, because we've got to, you have to download it. It's yeah, a free okay. open source and um, it's a fantastic program. It has, yeah. like, you know, every everything you need to be able to make a uh you know dreamworks or pixar type animated movie yeah i mean it's wow. amazing and uh but you have to have a hard drive yeah <laughs> well it doesn't and, surprise me i mean there's there's yeah. still a reason you know a lot of schools when they started going one-to-one -one, um 
were asking me is like, well, what do we do with the old computer labs? I'm like, keep them. Cause there mm-hmm. are still some things like this kind of stuff, like CAD, CAD programs mm-hmm. in the CTE mm-hmm. or, you know, you want to do any three, I mean, you need a processor, you need to be able to a hard drive. So as it's rendering, it's got some space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Chromebooks are great, but they're not, I mean, you know, laptops in general are great, but yeah. you still, there's still a place for a, a big desktop that can crunch some data for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the fun thing is, is with the Chromebooks, you know, we'll have a kid and he'll have his, his desktop going and then he'll have his Chromebook over here and he'll be looking over here and checking it over here. And verifying. It's just awesome. I mean, they're so good at jumping back and forth. Yep, and it's like, screens, yeah, yeah it's not even tripping up, you know, I'm like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's cool. fun to watch him navigate everything. Cool. Well, jump into one of these units. What are you doing okay. with these kids as far as like Blender and some of the, the structure that you're putting in place? Sure. So, um, you know, with Blender, I kind of looked at it when I wanted to put this whole unit together, was trying to mesh the two of project-based and problem-based learning together. Okay. Where, you know, the general idea behind it is we want to learn Blender and right. a lot of different aspects of Blender. But I didn't want to make it where I just, you know, preach and teach kind of thing and they just yeah. sit there. Um, I wanted them to be the thinkers behind it. I wanted mm-hmm. them to be the ones who were responsible in, in making decisions and trying to identify ways to solve problems and fix problems. Um, whether in a team or on their own. Hmm. So I set it up to where um, we started off first, um, just giving them an idea of what Blender is, what it's capable of, yeah. and then um, saying, hey guys, you know, why don't we just try it? Let's just challenge ourselves and see, what we, see how far we can get with this. Yeah. And uh, I was able to find a couple companies in the background that were willing to help us. One was CG Cookie, um, and they kind of have a setup where they help um, with Blender in the sense of setting classes up and giving you tutorials and blogging oh, cool. opportunities and things like that. And um, also, you know, taking advantage of how to use YouTube and the tutorials there that people have already put out mm-hmm. for the kids. And then um, to kind of make my role more of a facilitator, like a teacher as a guide situation yeah. where the kids were more, you know, individual, but also learning within groups and having opportunities to kind of peer evaluate and, and self-assess and Mm -hmm. have little checkpoints as they progress through um, using Blender. But there's, you know, there's quite a few parts of Blender. So we started first with just modeling objects, just what is a 3D object and how does it exist in a computer world, you know? And how do you create a a mesh object and want it to turn into something, you know, when you start with just a cube or just a sphere. And um, it was amazing to see the kids uh, at first feel like they're up against a brick wall, you know, like, Oh, wait a second. Well, how do we do this? And what do we, but then all of a sudden when they realize, Oh, this is all it is. It's just, mm. you know, vertices, faces, edges. This is what we've learned in math class. I was going to say it's you know? <laughs> shocker. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you remember what I taught you last year in our math class? This is it. This is what I was saying. You're going to yeah. use it later. This is the application. Here we go. Right. Very cool. But, um, but what's neat was once they saw that the transition, um, was so much faster. Yeah. I mean, it was all of a sudden, Oh, I get it. I see what I'm trying to do here, what I need Mm. to create here. And then when they would start talking with each other, they'd start using the same lingo, the same verbiage, the same, you know, ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some groups would be, Hey, before we start this tutorial, let's go watch it first on our own and we'll discuss, you know, where we think it's going to be hard and come back together. And when we get to that moment, you know, frame 48 or whatever, <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let's talk real quick. You know? So they're like, I got your back, you know, yeah, at the yeah, same time. Very cool. So it's neat to see them individually want to, you know, 
take it on and also they realize that there's a resource yeah. in the other group that they're working with, but also me. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because they'll go to their resource first and then they'll come to me. Yeah. You know, and it's neat to see um, their choices take place as they're working through these projects. And so the first one was basically taking a look at, um, like I said, you know, how to create a, a 3D object. And, and then we took it to the next level um, where they had to take an object, create it, and then put some animation with it mm. and make it real simple. And, you know, of course, you know, they see the animation in the clips and movie clips and that's where they want to go to first because they want right, to see yeah, it live. Yeah. And I want to make so, this thing run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I say, hey, you know, you got to remember this is there's two things happening in animation. You have to you have this object and you got to make it move, but you also got to give it personality. There's yeah. an artistic side to that whole yeah, part. That's how you create a life out of it or, yeah. or uh, emotion. Yeah. And um, and so we did a a really cool activity where they had to make these blocks move and put faces on them. And as the, as the block fell through other blocks, they had to change the faces and make the <laughs> expressions cool. come alive. And, and they used all the physics attributes of blender and learning, you know, how to, how to change the gravity effects, how to change wind effects, how to change wow. smoke effects to bring the animation alive. And not crazy. And the coolest part is watch them talk about it. And when they ask me a question, they're like, Hey, Rocco, um, what about this and this? Oh, wait, Never mind. I got it. And it's <laughs> like you see the gears go just as yeah. they're trying to explain it to me. Yeah. But then they take off and, and you know, afterwards I sit back and I go, look at what you just made. You yeah. made your first movie. This is an animation. Yeah. And they just sit back and they're like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you know, to see those lights go on. Like I loved it in math when you saw a kid get a problem, right? And they're like, yeah, oh, I get it. Yeah. And now it's, it's just that same activity, but it's, they, they're thinking their way through it. They're problem yeah. solving. They're learning. They're discussing it. And then I have them blog with CG Cookie and talk cool. to other people. And and all of a sudden, it's it's a real authentic moment, you know, yeah. for them to kind of go through and, and try something they've never done before. Have you found that because you are in a very unique situation where you have sixth, seventh, and eighth graders together, did you find that? the crossover where kids were becoming like, regardless, like you were saying, regardless of age, regardless of grade that this, you know, this kid all of a sudden became the expert in, even though they're a sixth grader an eighth grader would go over and say, well, they already know how to use wind effects. And so I'm going to go ask that kid. And it really kind of leveled that playing field. Did you find? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. In fact, I told, uh, I told our counselor, I said, Hey, next year's classes, just try to blend them as evenly as possible Yeah. because it is so awesome to watch that effect take place. And in fact, just the other day, um, you know, the kids were working and, and one kid across the room said, hey, Rogel, how did you, how did we make this happen over here? And, and a kid on the other side of the room was like, I, never mind, Rogel, I got it. And they just got up, went over there. And it was a sixth grader and an eighth grader. Oh, and it was cool. like, no big deal. Yeah. You know, just, and yeah, it's, it's fun to see that happen. Um, we're out in the hallways. Yeah. It's not necessarily, the case. not necessarily that yeah. way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk a little bit. Um, cause you, you've, you've been in a one-to-one, -one, you guys one-to-one -one now, I think for three or four years, depending on when, when you got your devices. Um, talk a little bit about, I mean, especially, I think you've got this really unique because you started with one-to-one -one in the math classroom and now this year transferring into the art, um, the art classroom. Talk about a little bit about how has that changed your teaching? 
mm-hmm. uh, both in, in the math. How did that, how do you feel like it changed teaching in math? And, and <clears throat> I mean, you've already talked about the idea that these kids have, you know, uh, tutorials at their fingertips in places like YouTube and stuff that they're using with their Chromebooks while they're doing it. Um, but maybe just talk a little bit about uh, what do you see as, you know, that idea of going one-to-one, what are some of the pinch points, some of the, you know, the positives and negatives that you see about dealing with kids and devices? Mm-hmm. Um, in math classes, we primarily used a lot of the devices for, you know, remedial education or um, like an IXL activity where they're, you know, trying to relearn something they missed in class. Right. And I saw it as, you know, they're using these resources as a tool, as yeah. a way to get extra help. Yeah. Um, not necessarily like in art where they're maybe researching a topic first about a Renaissance painter or, you know, and so a lot of times it was more of a, you know, this is an opportunity to get some extra help in a way that maybe I wouldn't have gotten it in class. Yeah. And for some of the kids, it was really, really good because what I saw, like I always tell the kids, you know, sometimes when you hear it from each other, it's so much easier to understand than when you hear it from the teacher, you know? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And for some of those kids, it's so much easier for them to understand when they get in front of a computer and start playing with it. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'd have kids that were always struggling in class with, you know, trying to gain certain concepts on paper. But if I put it through a computer program um, where they had access to the same kind of activity and it was kind of scaffolded. So as they learned, it kind of gave them challenging problems. Yeah. Um, they actually would start to flourish. Very cool. And I would be in my parent teacher meetings just going, you know what, this kid though, when I put him in front of a computer or I have them do activities on their Chromebook that allow their skills to kind of be developed a little bit differently, but it's the same skill set. All yeah. of a sudden they just come alive. Yeah, and so cool. it's neat because it kind of helps. Um, it helped me in math to allow to see when sometimes I didn't see it. Yeah. This is where that kid's going to learn better. Yeah. And then giving cool. them that opportunity and watching them take off. Yeah. And realizing, well, I got to assess that kid different. Yeah. You know? yeah Which was awesome. It yeah. wasn't that he wasn't getting it. It's just, it was. Yeah. A different yeah, approach. So that's, you know, in math, that was one effect. And, and we used it, you know, in different ways to try to engage the kids in activities, sure. um, you know, with like uh, Symbaloo or not Symbaloo, but um, there's a couple different programs that we use to get the kids in game type activities. Right. Um, and, you know, in art, you know, it's, it's a whole new set of resources than it was in math. Yeah. And just like you said, like with tutorials and that. And, but what I, I really liked the approach that was unique. Um, it met each student kind of where it was in, in math. Um, I'd see kids paces change, mm. you know, one kid who was really good could just cruise right on through and go yeah. to the next level and go to the next level where other kids would kind of slow in some spots and then take off. And I see it here in the art world as well. You know, one kid will, you know, do one area, um, in blender where they just, they get it and they cruise and the other ones kind of back off and they, they go back to different tutorials and they look through it differently. So now they're using it as like, it's a way of allowing them to go at a pace that they're yeah. able to get it versus just the teacher's pace as they're yeah. preaching in class, you know, and having that freedom to say, okay, wait a sec, I need to go back and check this. Again. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. So it's been kind of neat to see that flexibility there. And I, how about like even the ability to, like you were saying, you know, your first two trimesters are really about, you know, uh, art, like the Renaissance and different mm-hmm. art styles are using the computers to like look up different art, different artists. I mean, I would just think just in an art class of being able to like, we're studying the Renaissance, you know, find, I mean, you've got access to these, to images 
everywhere, you know, things and museums that you can't go to France and go to the Louvre, but you can take your kids there, you know, oh, absolutely. Was, I've you know, just some incredible, just some of that kind of stuff. I, I would think it's just gotta be mind blowing. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm just trying to think of it. Like, <laughs> well, I've really imagine. challenged my, my tech department this year. I mean, yeah. they've been like, well, I, I need this. I need this. And I'm telling <laughs> them and they're like, well, how, what'd you do? And how'd you get that? You know, I went to NCCE and I came back with all these ideas. And I'm like, I want to be able to make 3d, yeah. There are 360 degree movies with these kids yeah. that are yeah. animated and, and I need this program on the Chromebooks to be able to be active. And they're like, okay, wait, wait, you know, submit a ticket for that. You, yeah. know, just, <laughs> you know, and, but it is, and, and I've had kids like we did cave art where we explored all the caves over in France, yeah. you know, in these 360 degree view rooms where literally you're in that cave that looking incredible? at all the stuff and there's a person in there discussing it and yeah. you might as well be there. Yeah, you know, exactly. it is awesome. And the kids, you know, they, they love it because it's just a different experience, you yeah. know, and, and then when you tell them you can make one of those, yeah. you know, all of a sudden they're like, really? Wow. Yeah. Can we do that? Let's do it right now. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, wait, you know, we're yeah. still going to do this art first, <laughs> you know, but cool. yeah, there's, there's so many other avenues to use it. Um, that I never used it in the past before yeah. it was just, all right, find a website that does this and this. Yeah, now right. it's like, all right, where did you get that from? I went to Pinterest. All right, yeah. that's a very cool idea. Well, where did yeah. you go? I went over to you know Polly and checked out these 3D animations. You know, and it's so neat that they know that too. Yeah, they know that there's all these other resources at their fingertips now. They're starting to get it. Where when we first started in one to one, it, it wasn't. It was just a, a just a simple research tool or just sure. a way to find things. And now it's developing more into a how do you form understanding? You yeah. Know? I love that. Mm -hmm. um, talk a little bit as we wrap up here, talk a little bit about this year long um, professional development that we were involved in. We had three face-to-face -face days. We had this learning where you had to uh, blog and maybe you can even talk about your blogging, mm -hmm. your blogging adventures if you want. <laughs> um, just what, what is this year meant for you? The way that the district structured this and, and giving you the space to, to kind of learn what, what's kind of been your big takeaway maybe for the year. Okay. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like opening a door that hadn't been opened yet for me. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been a techie kind of guy and I love trying new things, but, you know, I hadn't blogged and I hadn't really dove into the project-based, problem-based learning with all that other stuff involved as well and or looking for resources outside of what I have here, you know, as far as like, well, someone on the other end of that blog can give me some really good information that yeah. I would have never got. And they're in Germany, you know. <laughs> And so um, feeling that, you know, I can, I have these other resources that I've never used before. is like finding a new road into the city that cool. no one else knows about. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it that. really is, that's how it feels. And you're excited to explore it. Um, you know, blogging, knowing that it's going out to the world was different for me because I, yeah. you know, never really had that um, ability to, you know, say something and then get feedback from people. And when I look at, you know, all the, the data from my blogs and I see yeah. that someone in Czech Republic, you know, yeah. has read it and, you know, 50 people in Germany and it's, and I show that to the kids here and they're like, what, really? Wow. <laughs> I mean, often it's, it's real that this stuff is yeah. global, yeah. you know, yeah. and you are really getting ideas from, from other experts or other people all over the world that are just yeah. willing to share, yeah. you know, and give you feedback. And so that's, that's been really exciting. And then also to, to give kids um, another way to present material back, whether it's through themselves making their own videos and right. posting it, or you know critiquing an artwork. 
by looking at it and then making a video and giving it to the kid, sending mm. it to them so that the kid can hear what was the critique done on my artwork. Very cool. You know, things like that. Um, I wouldn't have done as much before because yeah. I just, I never thought about how I could dive into it and how it could all unfold in front of me. And then yeah. I could see um, without having that group around me, you know, how I could tie these projects together. Yeah. How I could tie these um, new resources together. Yeah. And so, yeah, blogging was, you know, kind of nerve wracking at yeah, first, but once I got a couple out there, I mean, I realized I'd always put the title in after I was done, yeah. you know, because <laughs> halfway through the blog, I, I really start getting into it and yeah. realize, wow, I see what I really talked about. I talked yeah. about something completely different than what I was starting, but it developed. Into yes. What I can't I really tell you how many, find. how many times I blog that I like put the title in and then I'd write the blog post and the title didn't, <laughs> didn't match afterwards. And I'd have to go back and you have to go back and change the title because you do you, once you get into that flow, you know, and you start actually, mm -hmm. you start getting into it and it's just this deep reflective process. And by the time you get mm -hmm. that, you're like, now that time, that's not where that ended up going. That's where I thought I was going to go. But you know, sometimes when you go into a deep reflective process like that, and there is something different, you know, we reflect all the time as educators, but when you have to put it mm -hmm. out there for other people to read, I think there's just a level of reflection, a depth that you don't get when you're reflecting by yourself, because you yeah. really have to be able to communicate it thoroughly of what you're talking about for somebody else to understand. And that to me is that's, that's the power, you know, in, in, I just want, I just want teachers just need to do it a little bit. You know, you don't need to blog the rest of your life, but just understand the power in, in that type of reflection. It's just, it's just different. I think. So. Yeah. I'm glad you all had the opportunity to do that this year. So. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for this. This is fantastic. I know the uh, art teachers and we've got a lot of tech coaches uh, that listen to the, listen to the podcast. So I know that they're going to love some of the ideas uh, that you've shared here too, as well, and being able to take those back uh, to their teachers. And so we'll make sure there's a link to your blog so everybody can go and read all the cool stuff on your blog <laughs> in the show notes. So if you want to reach out to Dan, you'll be able to reach right. out to him on his, on his blog. And uh, thank you for taking time at the end of a busy Monday uh, to, to sit down and, and have, a, have a little conversation. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.